Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis, and I'd like to say Happy Mother's Day uh, to the mothers listening, and uh, Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Yeah, Happy Mother's Day for sure. It is a blessing to have a mother and to be a mother. So um, I'm Pastor Margaret. It's great to be with you all today. And today we're joined by Sherry Falls, who is a mother and grandmother. Sherry, how are you today? I'm doing great today, Grayson. Thank you. It's good to have you. It's good to be here. Yeah, so we like to find out we love ice cream. I love all kinds of ice cream. Grayson doesn't love as many kinds as I do. But we're wondering what kind of ice cream you like. My favorite is mint chocolate chip. Love. And I found that just a few weeks ago. That's my granddaughter's, my youngest granddaughter's favorite. So really? we have something really in common. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, place to get it? Klein's. Ah. Yeah. And then we have Klein's right not far from my house. So, oh, yeah. that's right. They yeah. moved down 33 East. It's like two minutes yeah. away from me. Yeah. So, yeah. That works very well. Well, I'm, I love ice cream. Matter of fact, this week I had banana split. That was pretty good. So they are good. They are good. Yeah. How about you, Grayson? Ah, I like vanilla. Yeah, vanilla from Klein's. I like vanilla from anywhere, but really, that when you said that, yeah, yeah, Klein's yeah. is a it's a staple. It's a it's a good one. Yes, it is. Well, Sherry, if you would just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. Well, I grew up in Elkton, Virginia, all my life, up near Merck, out on San Francis Road. And when my mom passed away about six years ago, I bought the home place, and I'm back there again. Um, so, yeah, my roots are right here in the valley, and I don't plan on leaving the valley. <laughs> I love the valley. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my story. We had um, I grew up with two brothers and a sister. Um, I have a sister and brother that's still living, so it's now three of us. Um, both my parents have already passed away, so it's just kind of the three of us and our children and grandchildren. So what was it like growing up in Elkton, Virginia? Well, when we first lived up there, now it's a lot of houses there. It was wooded area, and you could play in the woods, and I really like we liked that. And um, we had neighbors, but they were kind of on further up the road, and we all would gather. They gathered at my house, at our house, to play ball. Mm. We played touch football and mm. played baseball. And then as years, as we got older and the neighborhood grew, uh, my mom called Merck and asked could we play over in their field. So it kind of grew to a big, really? big bunch of kids, yeah. So and then as uh, time went on and we wanted a sleigh ride, they let a sleigh ride in their field. But now you can't do all that. But anyway, that was our childhood. And we it was really fun to grow up in the woods. And we had a creek behind the house. And that's another reason I wanted to buy the home place because I love the creek. Mm-hmm. is right behind the house. And when it, you know, it's running, you can hear it. When I go to hang the clothes up, I can listen to the water, and mm-hmm. I really like that feeling. Because I always be a country girl. Yeah, I, I get that. I'm going to the mm-hmm. city. I get that. Uh, you can't take the country out of me. So yeah. um, we had a lot of fun times in the, in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah so did up. you grow up, um, was faith a part of your upbringing? My mom took us to church. I don't ever remember my dad going to church unless it was a funeral. Um, but my mom took us to church, and... Um, that was a good thing because that was our start. Mm-hmm. If it had not been for those years, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And you you know, um, there's always a work in progress. God always has a plan, and we don't understand that plan. We don't even see that plan at all. Yeah. But God does, and um, I don't know how far you want to go with that, but that's that's what helped me get to where I needed to be when I did accept the Lord in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that foundation of faith is priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, to have the seed, the Word of God planted in your heart um, as a young child, and um, Isaiah 55 says that it won't return void. Right. I tell my kids that all the time. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want to say, and it's funny that you brought that up because um, that's one of the things I wanted to share today. God's word, um, if my mom hadn't took us to church, I wouldn't have heard that word. Mm-hmm. And when you go, that word never goes void. It's planted in the heart. Mm-hmm. You will remember that. I got baptized when I was probably eight years old. Mm-hmm. So you may not understand all of that baptism thing, all mm-hmm. what that means, but as you get older and you mature more, you understand all that. Even if you're Kids are not where they need to be, mm-hmm. even when they're little. Still take them to church. Because I sit in this church many times mm-hmm. when Isaiah and Nakai was sitting with me. Mm-hmm. And I say, Lord, you promised that your word will never go out void. Mm-hmm. So when they hear your word, they're going to remember that word someday. Because yeah. I know I did yeah. as a teenager. Uh, I remembered those words yeah. of what I heard. Uh, so it didn't go void. Yeah. God planted mm-hmm. them in my heart. And my mom, if she hadn't took us to church, it wouldn't have been planted in my heart. Right. Yeah, I have that same story too that was how I got to this church was God brought a scripture actually the parable of the sower to my mind Mm -hmm. and I realized that I was stony ground and I wanted to be fertile soil I knew what I had to do right you know it it all become absolutely crystal clear in that moment that the next step for me was to find a church right and this is your story that we're talking about but I just want to share that like I've given affirmation to what you're saying is I've had that experience in my yeah. life. And if I had not grown up in the church and had that deep foundation, we were, we were deep foundation. We were there, you know, every time the doors opened and I didn't understand all that. That's yeah. okay. Um, God used it um, to bring me to himself. So Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. yeah I remember those grandkids coming yeah. with you when yeah. they were young yeah. and yeah. they're still young in my, yeah. in my yeah, opinion. But, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. They make us feel old as they get older, but yeah. Yeah. I had one of those grandkids in my small group and enjoyed having Isaiah when he was in middle school and yeah. part of the time he was in high and school. And he played basketball with you yeah, guys. Yeah, played mm-hmm. basketball with mm-hmm. one year of the church league. And So uh, you were talking about, you know, getting your roots and your foundation from that time when your mom took you to church, and that led you later when you accepted Christ. So what was it about those early days that later when you came to Christ um, led to that? I really wrestled this week about what I wanted to share and how I wanted to share. From the time I, this is a very, very delicate thing. From the time I was 11 till I was 16, I don't share this with a lot of people. A lot of people do. There are a few people know my real story. Yeah. My real story. Uh, From the time I was about 11 till I was 16, I was molested. And um, talking about going to church when I was little, we had these Bible story books that, I don't know if you remember years ago when they would come to your house and knock on the door and ask you, you want to buy these books? Mm -hmm. My mom bought them. So one day, I started getting them out and reading them. And one of the stories was prayer, how to pray. And it was telling you how just to pray as you're talking to your friend. Pray to God. Pray to the Lord just like you're talking to your friend. So I started doing that. Well, one day, I don't know why this occurred to me, but it did. One day, I went up in the woods. And it was kind of like, you know how Jesus was up on the mountain and 
uh, the devil was tempting him and how Jesus said, no, you know, and, you know, the devil said, I'll give you all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, I felt like I was on that mountain in that woods looking down on it where I lived. And I, I just told, started talking to the Lord and share with him, you know, I'm just a little girl. This isn't supposed to be happening to me. I don't understand it. Why is it happening to me? And I began to pray and ask God to help me with a way out because mm-hmm. I didn't know really what to do because it was a really um, the person that was doing this should not be doing it. And I said, Lord, you know, there's the one that's supposed to be protecting me, nurturing me, loving me. You know, I don't understand why you are allow- why are you allowing this to happen to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, after that, and I know it was God. A few days later, um, a plan came. I came up with a plan to get away from that situation. And it was something that so simple. And I was able to get away from that and not let it happen anymore. And I know that it was God's plan. And God chooses us. And I believe that all that time that my mom took me to the church and I began to learn a little about Jesus, that was God's plan to, to walk me through what I was going through. So in all that time... I'd already, up in the mountain, up in the woods, I accepted the Lord then, at that time. But I still knew enough about the Lord that I knew I wanted and needed to make a full confession in church. So <laughs> I got to church on that Sunday morning. A friend of mine up the road took me, one of our neighbors, and I went to the altar when they had the altar service, and I went up, and I'll never forget it. I know this doesn't happen with everybody, but it happened for me. When I went up to that altar, even before I got to the altar, I was just so full of the Lord. And when I actually went to the altar and the pastor laid his hand on me and prayed with me, I had already gave the Lord my heart. Mm -hmm. But I could just feel the Holy Spirit. It was like being in a shower and just that warmth. It was just so amazing. And I knew at that point, you know, I knew before, but at that moment, I'm like, oh, my gosh, God is so awesome. He's so real. So from then on, you know, I went to church, and you know, I had a few things in my life that um, kind of I backslid, and I had some issues in my life. But God used that experience in my life to mold me to who I am today. If I had not, I really do believe it took me years. It took me into my thirties to realize this: that every experience, good or bad, is shaping us for what God's plan is for our lives. If we don't go hurt. through those things. Yeah. yeah, he can use all those hurts. Did he make it happen? No, but he can certainly use it to bring for good. Yeah, for good. Um, and then when I got here, my son had passed away in 99. He had committed suicide, which is really hard. And every time I went to church, I cried the whole time I was in church. I could not. I wasn't mad at God. I just couldn't understand it all. How it all. Um, I was just so um, full of why didn't I see it? Why I couldn't yeah. I help it? God, you could have stopped it. Why didn't you stop it? What was you know? What was the purpose of all this? And I would go to church and I would cry, just cry the whole time. Well, I stopped going to church. I said, you know, I just can't keep going to church and crying the whole service. I don't want people thinking I'm whatever's wrong with this woman. So um, Isaiah got about five months old. My daughter Alicia said, Mom, we need to find a church. So. We said, okay. So I don't know why we didn't do it ahead of time, but on a Sunday morning, we called here. By that time, everybody had churches in their phones, you know, most of the time. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, we just thought we'll go call. 
So we called, and we was too late for the service to get ready because you had 9 o'clock and it 10.30. Well, it was just too late. So we went to next Sunday, and um, we've been here ever since. And it was because what has kept me is because it's everything that we need to fulfill us as a body of Christ. I mean, there's something for everybody here. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you don't get involved, it's because you don't want to get involved. There's something for everybody here, yeah. just the way it's supposed to be. And I think that all the things that I've been through has led me here because this is where God knew he needed me and wanted me. He had a plan for you. Yes. He has a plan. Everything, the good and the bad, was the plan. We didn't understand it, but it is the plan. Yeah. Yeah, when sin entered this world, um, it affects every one of us. We all have suffering. There's no way really around that. No. But to believe that God is sovereign cares and that he can use that mess he can take our mess and make it into a message of hope for other people which you know our mission statement is transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ and that's what you're talking about you know the good and the bad Um, you know if you see a tree that has grown up and there's never been any wind and never been any you know storms and it's not been cold weather the seasons but if that tree has not had anything to make it stronger, the root system is shallow. Like if there's not dryness, the roots aren't deep. If there's not wind, you know, it's not a strong tree. Like Then that's us. Like um, We would like sometimes to have a, a posh life and have it easy, but that's not what God, it's not the way we're designed. Um, we're pretty hardy. Mm-hmm. You know, we can make it through a lot. I think it surprises us sometimes, but what we'd make it through but it's through those hard times I just sat over a meal in the last 24 hours with someone and they have been through the ringer like it's been tough and I said to them would you want to be the person you was before you went through this and they said no absolutely not because God has taught me so much through it Mm -hmm. Um, and you experience him in deeper ways when you're seeking him and you're desperate humanity tends to Kind of forget to look up if they don't, if mm-hmm. it's all good. Right, right. And you forget where you come from. Uh, and I never want to forget those years. They're behind me. I don't want to forget them because they're still going to shape me and mold me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, God's not through with me yet. Absolutely not. Right. He's Man. not He's not through with any of us until that last breath. If we're breathing, yeah. there's purpose. He's still working, yeah. and he's still working. Yeah. So if you... If you're out there and you have children that you don't think that they may not be doing what you want them to do, what the Lord does, please take them to church so that word will never go void. That's right. Never go void. And pray. Yes, and pray don't for them. Don't tell them what to do if they're older. Pray for pray them. Pray for them, yes. Pray for them. Yes. That's the most powerful weapon that we have and, unfortunately, not the best used. Um, but yeah, pr- the power of prayer. Um, so... I want to back up just for a second in your story. Um, you talked about you were going to church and after the loss of your son to suicide and that you just found yourself weeping, you know, when you were here. And I, I do think sometimes the Holy Spirit tenders us. That weeping is not always a bad thing. Why? That we're being tendered. Um, we're being ministered to by the Holy Spirit. And I think that suicide is something that we don't, talk about a whole lot it's too painful but if you would how just help me and share with us 
So you quit for a season, church, because it was just hard mm-hmm. um, and you didn't want to cry. How have you processed that? How have you? How do you? How did you cope? What's it looked like for you to come to a place of peace with that? Well, my story isn't like a lot of people. I know a lot of people have maybe one person in their life that has committed suicide. But in my life, I had a grandfather. I was 11 years old, and I came home, and I found my grandfather. Mm. He had shot himself. So that was a pretty bad experience. Mm. Um, Then in 1988, my brother committed suicide. Then in 1999, my son committed suicide. So that's three generations. So... I don't know how a lot of people feel about generational curses, mm. but that's a generational curse. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's definitely a generational curse. And um, I had a time where, um, I don't know who found out about it, but the uh, Daily Newspaper came and talked to me. and He did an interview like this, and they talked to me about it. And I shared with them um, just what I'm sharing with you. It's a generational curse. It's something that you really have to pray about, and people don't look at it like that. But that's not everybody that's just what I'm saying in my life. So I knew that, and I felt that. So I had to deal with that. So, But I also, I didn't want to be away from church. Uh, I don't feel like I was getting in my church what I needed. But when I got here, I don't know how to explain it. The way Pastor Kerry would just be so transparent was so moving to me. It just touched my heart. And uh, when you go through that, you just need so much love. It's mm-hmm. it's just, I can't even explain it. Because suicide is such a, how do I, I don't know even how to say it. It's such an internal thing. Mm-hmm. It's a personal thing yeah. as a mother. Because you give birth to that child. I saw my mom go through it. And I never forget when I talked to her about my son. I said, Mom, people are saying things to me. And I know they don't mean anything by it. But they just, it's just hurt. Mm-hmm. It just hurt. She said, Sherry, you're going to go through nine emotions before you get finished with this. Just deal with all of them, because you're going to have to. And um, she said, but I will tell you this. I lost my mom and dad. Her mom died when she was really young, so her dad raised her. And she said, and losing my mom was hard, and losing my dad was hard years later, but losing a child is so different and so much harder. And I find that that's true. Um, we look for them to grow up. Mm-hmm. We look to have grandkids. And then as they get older and, that, and they're gone, and you see their friends that they hung around that came to your house, They've gotten grown. They've got girlfriends. They get married. They have children. And you wonder how, what would it have been like for my son to have children or be a grandmother to these kids? But I had to find the place in my life where I had to, you know, when it happened, I said, Lord, I'm not going to blame you. I'm not going to be mad at you. It's going to be hard to put this child and do this. But I know that it was not your perfect will. And I know that. And I had to come to terms. Whether it sounds crazy or not, I know that I had prayed for my son. And in October that year, he'd asked me a question. And I didn't know if I answered it right. And I still, to this day, I wrestle with how I answered that question. He asked me, so I know he was praying. So that's another mm-hmm. thing that helped me go through that. He asked me, why was it when you prayed for something that it didn't happen? And I was stunned that he asked me that question. I was really stunned. So I said, well, you know, JR, it's not time. You know, it's not not everything's right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, it's you have to wait. Well, teenagers don't understand wait. My son Jr. didn't understand wait. You know, he was young, so I always I've always felt that I didn't answer that quite right. But and he probably didn't understand exactly what I was saying. So I've really had peace knowing that he was praying. Mm-hmm. I don't know what all he was praying about, but he was praying, yeah. and I always prayed 
for the Lord's will to be done, not mine. I mean, I would pray, Lord, this is what I would really like. Yeah. At the end, I want your will to be done. This is my carnal. This is my flesh, but you know what's best. I don't know. So my peace with his suicide has been life has to go on. Um, I'm not going to let this end with my daughter. Because when my brother died, my mom took five years, and we didn't do anything as a family, any kind of holiday. And I couldn't do that to my daughter. Life still has to go on. You still have to let her know that she's loved, too. Don't let her feel slighted because he's gone and make her feel like that she's not loved, that he was more loved because you love them all the same, just different because they're all different. So I came to peace that God knows all things, that maybe, just maybe, God saw something that I didn't see and would never see, that he took him at the time that was right. And I know I wrestled when I went to work. People would tell me to my face, that my son was in hell. Now, that was hard. Mm. That was harder than his death, actually, mm. honestly, for people to tell you that. And I would just tell them, you know, God is the ultimate judge. I'm not, you're not. That's right. You know, That's right. I would kind of cut them off with that. People can be very hurtful when it comes to suicide. And, and it was hard for me, too, because I don't know what it's like to lose a child from cancer or a car wreck. All I know is I've lost them from suicide. And I don't, there's such a stigma on that. And I think sometimes I would think I'd feel better if he would have died with cancer or car wreck. It kind of, you know. But they are still unexpected things. Right. They are. So I've come to terms with my pain is really no different than somebody else's pain. And their pain is no different than my pain. It's different in the way it happened. But the pain is all the same. Mm-hmm. And the need to, and really, God doesn't have to justify to me why. He just has to help me get through it. Right. I have to depend on him to get through it and to know that he's still that loving God. He's still protecting me over a lot of things that he has protected me from. So I just have to continue my path because I still have a child. I still have grandkids. I still have friends. I still have family that I want to be reached. And that the way I live my life, the way I choose to believe, the way I choose to trust, not only my belief, but my trust in the Lord so important that's more important than any of the other that is just trusting him and that's what the enemy would try to undermine yes. if he can get you to not to trust god then he's one so that's a powerful statement for anyone listening i don't care what what we're up against um if they hear anything today is this idea of trusting god because he is absolutely trustworthy and he is the lawgiver and the judge yes we are not. Yes. Boy, we like to be sometimes, yeah. but we're not. And we mess that one up every time we step in those shoes. And the Lord would like to have us have regret. And, you know, we just got to trust God with what's happened and, you know, move forward, like you said. And we got to keep living for those that are still in our life and be an example. So that's a powerful message, too. So one thing that you said earlier was here there's a place for everybody that wants to be a part. You're a servant. You have a servant's heart. And I think that is the other piece of what we're talking about that is so important, that there is something about helping others ministers to our own soul. Yes, it sure does. And I've watched you do that and do it well. You have you just have a servant's heart, and you have joy in the midst of your circumstances. And grief like that don't just go away. Uh, you live with it. Uh, so that's just a powerful testimony to what God can do if we will let him. Yes. And talking about serving, and you were talking, like Pastor Margaret said, you were talking about, you know, areas to serve. If you'd like to just share some of the areas that you serve 
right now, especially at our East Rock campus in Elkton, and how that's blessed you serving? Well, right now I am serving in the nursery department, and I love nice. it. Yes, um, I serve the first service, 9 o'clock every Sunday, just about every Sunday, unless I'm gone away somewhere, which is very rare. And what is really exciting is we have our Joy Fellowship now. Oh, that's yes. right. And just so, older youth. Yes, and yes. Older. So, um, yes. So, we're we're really enjoying that. I'm really enjoying that. It's just so awesome to see that people come out and uh, they're just so excited. And I'm excited. The team that we put together, Juanita and uh, Sheila and Beth, we're just really a good team. We work well together and we're really enjoying it together. And then uh, back in, up until the pandemic started, that was a crazy thing that we went through. Uh, I was helping with the um, jail ministry with Pastor Terry, and I really missed that. But I stay connected with some of the women, and uh, that's really, really awesome. And I'll be helping with VBS again this year. Uh, that's really exciting, and uh, I'm really excited for that. I was just thinking the other day, that's not far off. I mean, here we are. Oh, you're right. Boy, and it's going to be in yeah. July. It's yeah. coming fast. It is coming fast. And we've fast. been planning for months, but it's really coming fast. Yeah, it so, is. yeah. And just uh, seeing the growth at East Rock has been really neat because it's my home. It's my hometown. It's just two minutes away from my house. Like, yes. And the best part of it is my husband's coming now. That's awesome. He doesn't like big. Yeah. And he did come a couple times here with me, but he grew up in a really small Mm -hmm. family church. So big's never been his thing. So when we started the East Rock, uh, getting everything together, I invited him to the meals that we were having in the different venues where we met people and all, and he came, and he met Pastor Jared, and from then on, he's been coming. Yeah, that's so been really great. You know, he's not, we, we're now, none of us are where we need to be, uh, because God is working on us every single day, every moment of the day. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's been a big thing in my life. Uh, You've had to wait a little on that, didn't you? What's that? You've had to wait a little Oh, bit. I've had to wait. Yeah, we have to wait. That's yeah. why I say keep praying, because... It's yeah, coming. That's right. It doesn't come when we want it. But God God is working. There's a lot of things he has to work out. There's a lot of things he has to work out. First of all, he's got to work on our will. He doesn't push himself on none of us. That's right. Yeah. He's waiting on us to come to him. And yeah. I mean, he's always there. He's just waiting on us. And he moves when we move. There's no magic wand out there right. to get God to do what you want done. You have to move. You have to do something, too. I mean, people. some people really think that all you do is just pray and ask God to do it. Yeah, he's doing it. He's working. But there's things we have to do, too. There's a transformation that has to happen yes. in us because God's not just a yes guy. He's not magical. Yeah. No. He's transformational. Exactly. And he works. I think the long, sometimes we have to wait longer because there's still things that we maybe don't have right because maybe we're not ready for the next step. Exactly. We want to look at everybody else and think they should take a step, but maybe it's ours. I find that's very true in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get impatient, um, it's usually it's something I need to ask God about myself, not right. about somebody else. Yeah, me too. And the Lord has a couple different ways he can answer a prayer. Yes, no, and not right now. Uh, we trust his timing, and his timing and our timing are different. Yeah, yeah. So. And his timing is the perfect time. Right. His timing is the perfect time. I mean... I feel like when my daughter came to me and said, hey, we need to find a church, which she knew in her heart. Evidently, God had put that on her heart, knowing that's what I needed. So, Mm -hmm. you know, God worked it out because he knew my heart. He knew what I was praying. So he worked it out. And he doesn't always work it. Very seldom does it work out the way we think. 
It's usually better. Uh, always better. Yeah. Always better. Yeah. Always, yeah. not usually. Always, you're right. <laughs> always. Always but better. it's not our time because he's got the perfect plan and the perfect time. And he's already got it worked out. We just have to wait sometimes. Yeah. Wait's not always easy. Yeah. And we have to keep our eyes open. Yeah. And it's a lot of things that go in the wait. We have to grow. We have a lot of growing. I know I did. I had a lot of growing, a lot of things. One thing that I really want to say, and I tell everybody this, there's two things. When I pass this life, and I will one day, I want to be remembered for two things or two things only. I want people to remember, and they, I want them to look at me and say, you know, sure you forgave. And forgiveness is not always easy. Sometimes it's after the person's already gone, but God works it out where you can really, truly forget. Yeah. And I want people to know that I loved unconditionally. Mm. Forgave unconditionally and loved unconditionally. Because they are really powerful things in your life. Not only for other people, but for you. Because if I hadn't have done those two things, I wouldn't be able to share this testimony. And I would not be the person I am today if I could not have done those two things. Mm-hmm. Wow. Powerful. And the Bible, Bible says, without love, we are nothing. And it also says that in order for the Lord to forgive us, we have to forgive others. So uh, those are both two powerful messages. Sherry, thank you for joining us today on today's broadcast of Hope Talks. It's been great to have you. Well, thank you for inviting me and having me. I really, uh, I do like to share my testimony from time to time, and um, I always do it when I feel like it's needed. Well, uh, we pray that uh, today's broadcast, as you've heard Sherry Falls share her testimony, we pray that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.